Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Say, this is my Bible. It's important to read your Bible. Hold it up one more time. I'm, I'm getting like some pain in my shoulder, and I'm like, man, I, don't, I, I want to keep lifting up my hand. You know what? My right shoulder doesn't hurt anymore, and now it's my left shoulder. I don't get it. Like, maybe it's the way I'm sleeping. But hold your Bible up one more time. Come on. This is the Word of God. You can have more than one Bible. Maybe throw one in your car. Have one at your house. You can have it on your phone. Read the Word of God. It's the one book that you read that actually reads you. It's the one book that you read not for entertainment but for transformation. You can put your Bible down. Open up to Genesis chapter 36 as we are in week four of Daddy Issues. How many of y'all enjoyed last week? We had that panel and be able to talk through some of the orphan spirit tendencies. I told you last week I was going to talk about Jacob. How many of y'all read about Jacob this week? Huh? Got some people in the back there? Jacob is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 36. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold up. Okay, Genesis is at the beginning of your Bible, very first book. Genesis means beginning. Actually, in Genesis chapter 32, I'm like looking in 36. I'm like, that's talking about Esau's descendants. I'm in the wrong spot. Genesis chapter 32 now you're not there. (laughs) Now everyone's saying, hold up. (laughs) Genesis chapter 32. Jacob is at the precipice of a transformation that's happening in his life. Can I tell you, you you do not know when transformation is coming. But when it comes, you know. That's why it's important that if you have not seen what God has promised, that you keep holding on to the promise. That's why it's important that you can't give up. That's why it's important that you can't throw in the towel. That's why it's important that you cannot quit because God is doing something in your life and you don't know when it's going to turn around. But I can tell you a turnaround is coming in your life. A transformation is happening in your life. God is doing something in your life. You just got to keep on holding on to him. So there's maybe tendencies in your life as we talked about the orphan spirit. And you may not be exactly like Jesus like you want to be. But he's continually renewing in you a right spirit. Day after day. We the mic to preach the message. I could shout it from the rooftop if I need to. Because I believe God is doing something in your life. And we're going to read in Genesis chapter 32. It says that night. Say that night. Because you don't know when it's going to be. But when it takes place, it might feel a little dark in your life. How's that? Is that good? It might need to be re-scanned. That's okay. No mic problem is going to keep me from delivering this message today. That night. Say that night. Which night? Say this is my night. I know it's morning time right now, but this is my night. You got to have that expectation that God is doing something in your life. Even if it seems dark. Say, that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. We'll talk about that at a later message. His two female servants and his 11 sons. What kind of church is this? 
and crossed the ford of Jabbok. Say Jabbok. Jabbok means emptying. To know that there, for a transformation to happen in your life, eventually you have to empty yourself and your expectation of what you thought what God was going to do to be able to receive what he is actually doing. He crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And I tell you that it's sometimes when you separate yourself from the world around you, that you separate yourself from the people around you at moments to be able to receive from God, you're in a great place to be able to be transformed by God. So don't be afraid if you feel alone. God sometimes does his best work when you're isolated, when you're separated. Again, not saying that no one around me, no one cares, but I'm intentionally getting away to receive from the Lord. As Jesus did, often he would get away alone to pray. You yourself, when you are going through wrestlings in your life, have got to get away to be able to receive from the one who can really bring transformation in your life. He was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. This was a pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ that was wrestling with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wretched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I believe that there's a God in this place and a God in this house that can turn your struggles into his successes. I believe that God has a purpose in your life and what you view as a struggle, God saying, hey, I'm gonna flip that. You struggle with man and with God and have prevailed. I'm gonna give you a new name. Jacob, he said, please tell me your name. He said, your name's Israel. And so he said, Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? It's an interesting phrase. Why would God say back, why do you ask my name? I think because God was trying, was there not necessarily to reveal who he was, but to reveal to Jacob who God had called him to be. Then he blessed him there. I'm excited to talk to you today on four, week four of Daddy Issues on this title, I Am the God of Jacob. I Am the God of Jacob. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is in this place. I pray that you would reveal this to me as you have over the last three and a half years the truth of this revelation in our lives. And Lord, even as this has been a three and a half year journey for me, this may be day one for someone in this house. This may be the end of it to them finally being able to receive this revelation that you are the Lord of our lives. And so we thank you today. We pray that you'd speak to us right now at church. If you're hungry for the word of God, would you open up your hands and say these words after me? Say, Lord, Speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the reading of God's word today. You may be seated. Lean in today. This might be as short or as long as it needs to be. Um, I, I like preaching about Jacob. Why? Because the more I read about Jacob, the more I relate to him. The more I'm able to associate with his struggles 
his identity crisis issues. We've been talking about daddy issues and the, pre- the precipice. We've been really kind of hitting on some several different topics. But one of them is this idea of pretending to be someone else that we're not. It's a form of an orphan spirit that I have to be a certain person in order to be accepted by God. I have to be a certain person in order to be accepted by other people. The tendency of an orphan spirit is that if you're in picture an orphanage and someone comes in and they pick someone else, but they don't pick you, a father or mother comes in to pick someone else, they don't pick you, you immediately ask, what's wrong with me? And you start to change yourself in a way in order to be accepted by those people. Whether you like it or not, all of us have orphan spirit tendencies. The main one we're talking about today is identity, being able to know who you are. God shows up to Jacob, and he speaks to him one thing, his name. He speaks to him and says, you are no longer Jacob, but your name is Israel. Can I tell you, when you start to follow God, when you give your life over to him, you get a revelation. You get a revelation, but that doesn't always transform your life right then and there. It gives you something to aspire to, something to be able to receive. Hey, I know God is working in me all things new. The old is gone. The new has come. He started a work in me, and he will see it through to completion. How many of y'all thankful that God sees the work complete and through in our lives? I'm thank you that I'm thankful that no matter how many times I've felt like Jacob, no matter how many times I've fallen short in my life, I know God continues to work in and through me. Can I tell you God's not done with you? That God is working in your life and through your life. I chose Jacob because he's complicated like you and me and your spouse and your parents and your mother-in-law. Your friends, you could say father-in-law too. Now, if I was looking for someone that was complicated, know that I wouldn't have to just choose Jacob. I could have chosen a lot of different people in the Bible. I could have started with Noah. Noah was a man who, you know, he built an ark, but, you know, after the ark, he got drunk and did some pretty crazy things. I could have chose Abraham who, yeah, he was a man of righteousness, but he was also a liar, Right? I could have gone through and I could have chosen Moses, who was a murderer, but was still used by God to set the people free from Egypt. I could have gone through and I could have chose David, who was a man after God's own heart, but he was also an adulterer. I could have chose Peter, who was a man that Jesus said, through this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But he was a man that shortly after that denied Jesus three times. I chose them because they're complicated. And in the Bible, there's a lot of people that are complicated. And you always need to be weary of a, of a preaching or a teaching that says God only uses perfect people. Because I need you to know today that God chooses complicated people. Say, that's me. Because you all have your issues. I have mine too. I got my daddy issues. I got my different types of complications. I got my inadequacies as well. And we find Jacob in the story of Genesis chapter 2 wrestling with God. This isn't the first time that we see him wrestling, though. We actually see from the moment that he was born, actually even before he was born, he was wrestling. How many ever watched WWE in the place? WWF, maybe, like, yeah. Here comes John Cena! (laughs) I'm wondering if Jacob's dad, Isaac, watched some WWE because Uh, We pick up in Genesis chapter 25. You could just keep your Bibles open because we're going to be in Genesis most of the time today. 
And uh, we, we actually see him wrestling before he's even born. Because know that these things that you're wrestling with are not always things present in your generation. But they're actually in the generations preceding you. And some of the things that you're carrying are things that your parents carried. Things that your grandparents carried. And we see in Genesis chapter 25 verse 21, Isaac, this was Jacob's dad, prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife. Her name was Rebekah because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer. How many of y'all believe that Lord answers prayers? He answers your prayers. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Can I tell you, if you're ever wrestling with something in your life, you're in a good place when you go to the Lord. Not when you go to your friends who just tell you what you want to hear. Because how many of y'all, we all have a cognitive bias that we just start going ear to ear to ear to ear until we actually hear from someone that says what we actually want to hear, not what we need to hear. Because the Lord knows actually what he's doing in a much grander scale than what you know. Because you may be wrestling with some things in your life. You may be feeling some tensions within your life. And I want you to know that if you're wrestling with it, God has the answers. It says that she inquired of the Lord, and the Lord gave her the revelation. He spoke to her and said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish, all like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau, which means hairy. I've ever seen a, a hairy guy in this place. How many have like hair that you grow in like chests and just different areas in this place? Any hairy guys in this place? Hey, hey that, that, that takes a lot of guts to, to say that. But good for you. Like that's unashamed. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is your guy right here in the Bible. His name is Esau. Esau, Esau hairy is where we get the word red from, Edom. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand grasped Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Jacob means the one who grabs by the heel. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. It also means supplanter. It also means deceiver. From the moment that he was born, he was reaching for something. He was reaching, trying to get ahead. And I want to ask you today, what are you reaching for? What are you trying to achieve on your own? What are you trying to receive on your own? We see Jacob coming out of the womb, grabbing on to the heel of his brother. Well, why is he grabbing on? Well, you first got to know, the one who was born first in that time received two things. One was known as the birthright. Say birthright. And the other was known as the blessing. Say blessing. So birthright and blessing. The blessing was more important than the birthright, but the birthright wasn't worthless. To be able to receive both, you had to be the firstborn. Now, they also received 66% of the inheritance of the father. If he had more than two kids, the rest had to split that 34%. Because the firstborn got that much more. So, Jacob wasn't just reaching to be born first. He was reaching for blessing. He was reaching for a birthright. He was reaching for an inheritance. He was reaching for something that ultimately was going to be out of his reach. And so we see this from the moment that he's born to later on in his life, he continually lives out this word that was spoken over him 
Jacob, heel grabber, supplanter, deceiver. And I can't help but think that there's people in this place that maybe have received different words that have been spoken about them, whether by authority figures in their lives. One in particular, mine, that I remember receiving was when I was six years old. Many of you know my name's Eli. My full name is Elishan. I haven't encountered anyone in the world with the name Elishan. It's pretty cool, right? Like, hey, awesome. But I chose to go by Eli, and I didn't realize how that would be used against me. Uh, because I wasn't the most truthful kid at a young age. I would actually lie a lot. So much so that people started calling me E-Lie. Obviously implying the one who lies. And it took me a while not just to change that reputation, but to change that identity. And so if you know me now, I was reading the Bible one day, and it said that a man is of his word. His yes is yes, and his no is no. And I said, you know what? If that's a, if that's a man of God, I'm going to make my yes, yes, and my no, no. And when I say something, I'm going to be there on time. When I say no to something, it's not because I'm mad or anything like that. I'm just knowing I'm not going to be able to fulfill it, so I'm going to say no. And so it's taken me a while, and still to this day, I believe that I'm called to be a man of my word. Now, I believe that's every man and woman of God is supposed to be that. But that's been something that was spoken over me when I was a young age. And I want you to take a moment. I want you to reflect. What are some things that have been spoken over you since you were a young age? What are some of the things that maybe your parents have put on you that you've actually been living out because someone said, Jacob, heel grabber, deceiver, supplanter. Jacob had his, I have mine, you have yours. These are those orphan spirit tendencies that are passed on from generation to generation. Now, we cannot blame our parents because maybe something was passed on to them too. But now that we have it, what are we going to do with it? Can I tell you, it's time that you get a new name. It's time that you get a new identity. That you're not what people have said about you. You're not what this world has placed on you. You're not what this name has been placed over you. You are a child of the most high God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a calling. You have a purpose. You are not what they did. You are not what they have spoken. You're what he has spoken over you. Do you believe that today? I'm here to be able to preach the truth of the word of God in your life today. You got to know that you have a heavenly father that speaks life over you. Parents, be careful what you speak over your kids. Just the other day, we were going through Hy-Vee, and, and I remember looking at some cereal, and Eva says, we can't get that. It's too expensive. And I said, hold on a second. And at that, that moment, I'm like, she gets that from me, because <laughs> I do that. I go, no, nah, that's too expensive. Well, it's not. It's cereal. If I want to buy cereal, we can buy some cereal. It's not worth my money to pay five bucks for a thing of Cocoa Pebbles. That's probably a better way to say it. But Eva started to carry that identity of it's too expensive. And I didn't even realize that I was placing that on my kids. I don't know if that's something my parents have said or just the way I communicate. But I'm learning now how I communicate to my kids is very important because they'll start to develop the idea, no, it's too expensive. And anyone that has a rich mindset understands that if you start saying, I can't afford that, guess what? You'll never be able to afford that. But if you just switch your, switch your perspective and say, how can I? How can I afford that? It starts to develop in your mind, and you start to think of ideas on how to 
think through that. All right, so we're talking about Jacob. That is good preaching. Amen. Like, can I get an amen in the room? Like, that's, all right, so now we're going to fast forward to Jacob's life just a little bit. Jacob, he's born, and then he, he, he wants to be able to get this birthright, this blessing. Remember that. So he's going through, and his brother Esau has it. Well, one day Esau comes in, and he's famished. He's so hungry, because Esau's been out hunting. Esau's like a man's man. Like, he's been out hunting. He can, he can fish. He can, he can skin a buck. He can, he can, he can start light a fire. Jacob didn't really have any of that. The Bible said that he liked to stay among the tents, which means that he liked to stay home and, and, and watch some, some shows. What's that, what's that, what's that Wise Made show? Or what is that show that you watch? I'm thinking of that show. I can't remember. It's like that English show. What is it? It's called The Midwife. Yeah. He likes to stay home and watch shows like that. Like he, the Bible, he's kind of a mama's boy. It says that Jacob loved Esau. Rebecca loved Jacob. Or, sorry. Yeah, Isaac loved Esau, and Rebecca loved Jacob. Like, so Jacob's at home cooking some food, and, and, and Esau comes in. He's all hungry, and so Jacob sees, hey, here's my chance to get ahead. I got some leverage here because you have something that I want. And be careful when you're looking at other people being the source of your blessing. And so he cooks him up some stew, and Esau comes in. I'm hungry. Rather than serving his brother who's in need, he uses it to get leverage. But that's what the orphan spirit does, is it uses other people to help themselves get where they feel like they need to be. It doesn't fully trust God to get them there, so they can't actually fully serve people because they believe that their promotion comes at the expense of other people. So he uses his brother, and he purchases his brother's birthright with a bowl of lentil stew. Now, just because he has the birthright doesn't mean he has the full blessing. So years pass on, and then we find out that Isaac's about to pass away. And he says, hey, you know what? I want to bring Esau up. I want to be able to give him my blessing. So Esau, I want you to go get uh, some kind of animal and cook it up the way that I like because I like my, my tomahawk steak a reverse seared with some garlic butter compound that I can place on top and then some shrimp skewers on the side. They didn't eat shrimp back then, but, <laughs> well, they, they might have, but because that was before Leviticus. But So I'm just saying that he sends Esau out to go get this meal. And Rebecca hears, Rebecca hears how Isaac's about to give out the blessing. Obviously, she likes Jacob more than Esau. So she goes to Jacob and says, Jacob, I just heard that your dad's about to bless your brother, so I have a plan. Interesting how Rebecca's trying to deceive Isaac now. Do you see the generational line? Rebecca's like, here's how we can deceive your father. It wasn't just in Jacob. It was in Rebecca. It was also in her brother Laban. It was generational on how they could get ahead by using other people to get what they thought they needed rather than knowing that it came from God. So she goes to Jacob and says, Jacob, we're going to put some fake hair on your, on, your, on your arms. And it says that she took some of Esau's clothes and, and placed them on him, which she had in her house, which is kind of weird to think about because uh, Jacob and Esau are in their 70s. They weren't kids. There comes a point in your life where you need to stop blaming other people. And you actually need to make your own choices. So I don't know if you're 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 60, 70. There comes a point where you have to say, no longer am I going to carry the sins of my fathers, my mothers. 
but I'm going to stop following what they have placed on me, and I'm going to start being a child of God. Pick up in Genesis chapter 27. Flip your Bible over to Genesis chapter 27. So she puts all this stuff on his, on his arms and, and preps some food, and, and Jacob goes to his father under his mother's advice. He goes up to Isaac trying to get the blessing. It said that Jacob went to his father and said, my father, this is Genesis chapter 27, verse 18. He went to his father and said, my father, yes, my son. He answered, who is it? I need you to remember that phrase. Who is it? This is Jacob living up to what was spoken over him. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how would you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success. Keep in mind how he refers to God. Whose God was it? It was Isaac's God. It wasn't Jacob's. This is actually indicative of Jacob's stance with the Lord. Jacob did not make Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, his God until he returned from Laban. And he actually didn't get rid of the idols until much later. So Yahweh was not fully his God yet. He constantly refers to, if the Lord brings me back, if the Lord brings me back, if, the God, if God keeps me safe and I come back 20 years later, he actually encounters God and then doesn't make him his God. Can I tell you, it's possible to be in the house of God and not make God your God. Because he had a revelation. I'm getting a little head on. This is, I don't have this to be able to share with you. But there's a moment in his life where he encounters God, sees a stairway to heaven. He wakes up from his dream. He's like, wow, this is none other than the house of God. And then he makes a pact with God. God, if you do all this, if you do all this, and I come back safe, then I will make you my God, and I'll give you a tenth of everything I have. So, again, there's tithing, by the way, before the Old Covenant, which means that it's a kingdom principle, not an Old Covenant principle, which means that it applies to the New Testament as well. Anyways, I digress. He says, this is the house of God, but he did not make the Lord his God. That's why he was not able to receive the identity of God. How'd you get all that food so fast, Esau? Your God blessed me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Can I tell you, it can be, you can be so good at faking who you are that even those closest to you don't really know. You can be so good at pretending to be this certain person that's likable, that's lovable. Hey, he's the funny guy, but deep down you're depressed, suicidal. That even those closest to you don't know what you're going through. I need you to know today that no matter how much you feel like you need to present a certain side of you, that you have a father in heaven that knows you. You have a father in heaven that knows what you're struggling with, that knows what you're going through. It doesn't matter. You can be surrounded by all these people. And yes, many of them will not know what you're going through because it's easy to be able to put up a front. It's easy to be able to put up a fake smile. It's easy to be able to be surrounded by what you think are fake smiles and not really share what you're going through. But I need you to know today that God is closer to you than anyone around you. He's a friend that sticks closer to a brother than a brother, and he knows what you're going through. He goes up to his father his father touches him. Jacob went close to his father, verse 22, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because Isaac's eyes were going, going bad. 
It says his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Then he asked him another question. God is asking you a question today. Who are you? He says, are you really my son, Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. So the deception sunk even deeper, that possibly Jacob even started to forget who he really was. So he gets the birthright, and he gets the blessing, but he has to pretend to be somebody else. The Bible says, what, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Can I ask you a question today? What does it profit you to get everything you ever wanted, but to miss who you really are? What does it profit you to get that job, but you have to lie to be able to get that job? What does it profit you to be able to get that profit, but you have to lie on your taxes or on, on, to your boss to be able to get a few extra bucks in your pocket? Can I tell you, your integrity is worth more than that. Your integrity is worth more. It is possible to get everything you've ever wanted and then to miss everything that God has called you to be. But I need you to know today, that the blessing of God does not fall on who you pretend to be. It doesn't fall on your fake face, on your masquerade. It doesn't fall on your mask. He doesn't anoint your avatar. And here's a, it can look like blessing, but it's actually not. We, like Jacob leaves and he gets some blessing. But Esau also got a lot of blessing, too. Because I think Esau ended up getting a revelation. I didn't need the birthright or the blessing from my dad. If I'm also one of Abraham's descendants, I'm also in that bloodline, I get that blessing. As a child of God, I don't need to pretend who I am. I just need to be open and honest before the Lord. God, this is me. This is who I am. Because you may be able to fool Isaac, but you can't fool yourself. And I'm trying to come here today to be able to set some people free today. This church has gone through a past year, I said this like three and a half years. I, I preached a message similar to this like three and a half years during a message called Signature of God. It was a message about knowing that God has been here all along. You got to look to him, be who you are called to be before him to be able to receive what he has for you. And I'm calling this church today prophetically to be the church that it's been called to be from the moment that it was founded in this city of Omaha. I'm calling it prophetically to write the songs that it's called to write. I'm calling it prophetically to be disciples like we're called to be. I'm calling it prophetically to be the light that we were called to be from the very beginning. I'm calling us prophetically. We don't just do hear the sound because we're trying to have an event outside. We don't, I rebuke that spirit that says we're just doing hear the sound because we want to be noticed. That's gone. We're not doing that. We're doing it because we're trying to shift an atmosphere in this city, and we believe we're called to do that. And be careful what you let other people place on you because they don't know you. Because a lot of people are coming around, and they're saying, oh, they just do that because they're this. Well, they just act that way because they're insecure. They just talk that way because they're... He knows you. He knows your heart. Again, last week I said God searches the heart. And the way a man's heart seems right, but the Lord searches it. Let God weigh your heart. Lord, if there's anything in me that's unholy to you, search it. Let me know. In your life, in your work, in your marriage. Like, guys, we can do, we can do fake face all the time. Like, we're really good at loving our spouses because we want something from them. 
to be able to know your heart, why you do what you do. Other people can't say that. Other people can't come in and say, well, you're just trying to get something from so-and-so. Well, no. At my purest intentions, that's not the case. I'm trying to be who God has called me to be. That's why if you've been at this church for any period of time, you've seen different things tried, different things fail, different things succeed, and it's like, yeah, we're learning to be who God has called us to be. And only a prideful person has a problem with someone else trying to be who God has called them to be. Because we go and we project that pride on someone else, and we prejudge them. Anyways, I'm getting on a little bit of a rant here. But I need you to know today that this church is continually on a journey. As we've been talking through this last few weeks of daddy issues, we are dealing with the tendency of an orphan spirit we've been talking about built to last. I believe God is doing something this year that is foundational and pivotal to the transformation of this church, your life, your family, your marriage, this city. It starts with an identity. And Jacob goes away and he, he, he has that encounter with God. Or again, he goes to Bethel. He doesn't make him his God. He goes away to Laban. Works for him for 20 years. 20 years. Again, we read through there. He gets 11 sons, two wives, two servants. Gets all that stuff. And then he leaves Laban because Laban started to deceive him and abuse him because like spirits attract. And so he starts to leave and he, he goes back to Esau. His father Isaac's still alive, by the way. He goes back to what he ran away from. And I tell you that if you need to find healing, if you want healing, you have to face those demons that you ran from, that you covered up because of what you were feeling, because it was easier to numb out than it was to face. So I turn the radio on because I'm trying to distract my heart and my mind so I don't have to actually think. I stay busy because I'm not happy with myself. The moment that I stop, I have to wrestle with actually what is going on in my heart. To be able to address those things, you have to slow down. You have to get away before the Lord. He goes back and he faces what he ran away from. So let's go back. Actually, not, we're not going to quite go back yet because this I, I felt like I didn't want to miss this. So you may feel like God has overlooked you in, in times where he's letting you deal with some things. And you may start to complain. And I need you to know today that God is not growing weary or tired in your struggle of finding who he has called you to be. Isaiah 40, verse 27 says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say Israel? And I know he's talking about the nation, but he's also talking about a tendency that is carried in the people of God. He says, why are you complaining? Saying, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is regarded, disregarded by my God. Going around saying, God's not giving me direction. God, just tell me what to do. He says, hold on a second. Like, It's not about where you're going. Because you can run to Laban. You can go back to the promised land. But if I don't ever get the promised land in you, he says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. And so some of you are going around and we're wrestling with these things in our lives. And you want to know what God is doing. 
But I need you to know today that what he is doing in you is more important than where he is taking you. It's not about where you're going to go. It's not about what you're going to do, what job you're going to take, what college you're going to go to. It's about what he's doing in your life. So jobs transition because you were trusting in that paycheck. So relationships change because you were trusting in that friendship to get you where God wanted you to be or where you thought he wanted you to be. It wasn't about that. It was about where did your trust lie? Who are you, Jacob? Deceiver? Supplanter? Well, God comes up and he shows he's wrestling with him. And we pick back up in Genesis 32. Remember, he's wrestling. God strikes his hip. He has to walk different. Because sometimes when God does something in your life, you're not the same. And some people look at it as a limp. But what if that limp was meant to cause you to slow down so you didn't go through life so fast and before you know it, your life was done? He causes you to walk a little different. Can I tell you different's okay? Not everyone walks with a limp, but you notice someone that walks with a limp. You notice someone that has their God identity in their life. They're confident. There's a level of confidence. He says, we go back to verse 24. The man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Okay, he came into this world holding on to what? Esau's leg, trying to get the birthright, trying to get the blessing, trying to get everything that he wanted. But now we find him holding on, the one that can actually truly bless him. He's blessing on to the Lord. He's holding on to the Lord saying, God, I will not let you go. I can tell you, you are in a good place when you trust in God to provide, when you trust in God to open a door, when you trust in God to break free. I'm all for counseling. I'm all for therapy. But you got to get a point in your heart where you're like, God, I am not going to let go of you. Though the storm may rage, though I go through hell, God, I'm not going to let go of you. I'm tired of grasping on the heels. I'm trying, tired of trying to get ahead. But I'm trusting in my uncle. I'm tired of trying to get ahead. God, I'm holding on to you. He's holding on. He says, God, unless you bless me, I don't need a blessing from my dad. I don't need a blessing from my uncle. I don't need a blessing from anyone else. God, I need it from you. I got the wives. I got the kids. I got the flock and everything, but I'm still missing something in my heart. He's missing a name change. God asked him, what's your name? His whole life, he's pretending to be someone else. Remember, Isaac asked, Jake, Isaac asked Jacob, what is your name? He said, I am Esau. I'm Esau. And he wasn't able to receive the blessing because he's going around trying to be someone that he was not. But for a moment, he just goes to God and says, God, this is who I am. I'm a person that deceives. I'm a person that tries to get ahead. I'm a person that tries to use other people to get what I want. This is the side of me that I don't want anyone else to see. I'm Jacob. God, I'm Jacob. God says, the moment you come to me with your whole heart, not pretending to be someone that you're not, I can actually truly transform your heart and give you a new name. And he says to him, this man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. 
Jacob means heel grabber, deceiver, supplanter. You know what Israel means? Triumphant with God. I'm here to tell you today that doesn't matter what someone has spoken over you. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. God is here today to give you a new name. He's here today to give you a new purpose. He's here today to give you an identity. Come on, how many of you are all thankful? I wish someone would jump to, the, jump to their feet this morning and say, God, I'm thankful that you give me a new name, that I don't have to be. I don't have to be what everyone has called me to be. I can be who you called me to be. That I don't have to pretend. I don't have to fake. I don't have to put on a face. I can be who you called me to be. How many of y'all thankful that God gave us a new name? Okay, but hold on. Because you may think you have a new name, but you still have things that you're wrestling with. And that word that's spoken can help you have faith, have hope, that he who began a work in you will see it through to completion. So God speaks to Jacob. He says, Jacob, that side of you, it's gone. You're Israel now. But then a very interesting thing happens. Long after Jacob is dead, and we come across a man by the name of Moses, Remember, Jacob asked God, he said, what is your name? And God asked Jacob back to him, he says, why do you ask me my name? And he blessed him there. Moses asked something very similar to the Lord at the encounter of the burning bush. He says, God, I go before them. I'm going to share with them and say, okay, God, this is who God is. This is who sent me to you. What shall I tell them? And God says this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. He's given him his name. He says, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. What did Isaac ask Jacob? He says, are you really Esau? What Jacob say? I am. But you need to be able to realize that God is speaking to a past, present, and future person. He says, I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I'm thinking he's gonna say Israel because that's the good side of Jacob. That's the side of Jacob that God spoke, this is your new side. This is who I'm calling you to be. You would think that if God wanted to be known, he would say, I'm speaking to the successful person. I'm speaking to the person that conquered all those sins, the person that doesn't have the orphan spirit. But God is saying to Moses, and he's saying to me, and he's saying to you today, that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob too. He's saying that I'm the God of that side that you don't want anyone to see. I'm not just the God of your success, but I'm the God of your struggle. I'm the God of Jacob too. I'm not just the God of your victories, but I'm the God of your defeats. I'm the God of Jacob too. I'm not just the God of the holy. I'm the God of those who feel like a hypocrite. I'm the God of Jacob too. Can I tell you today that the God of Jacob is in this place. His name is Jesus. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. Come on, when we lift up our hands this morning, and we call out to that Lord this morning, God, we thank you for being the God of our shortcomings. Come on, see that out. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. 
If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.